This is the Studio Alchemy Podcast, episode 86, The Alchemy of Yoga. Our quote of the day was written by Patanjali um, sometime between the 1st and 3rd century BC. When you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction. And you find yourself in a new, great, and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties, and talents become alive. And you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. Hello, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives using visualization, manifestation, art making, and new age self-help techniques. Alchemy was the ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another, and we all do this every day. Every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we explore ways we can change both our physical and spiritual selves for the better. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. My name is Addie Hirschton. I'm an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach online creativity classes and have written a few books, including The Alchemy of Painting, Developing Your Style and Purpose, and my new book that was recorded for Audible, Start Selling Your Art, A Guide to Starting a Professional Art Business. When this podcast first started, it was to share just stories about artists and was called The Alchemy of Art Podcast. Now we are the Studio Alchemy Podcast and have expanded our topics of discussion to include ways everyone can harness their creative energy. To find out more about my projects, classes, and sign up for my art newsletter, I invite you to go to my website, which is studioalchemy.art. And just a special little note, a highlight, I want to just call to your attention for those of you who might not have noticed that my online classes on Teachable, there are two free ones if you want to just give my classes a try. There's one that's called How to Paint a Rose and Seven Secrets to Finding Your Creative voice. So if you're interested in potentially taking online classes, I welcome you to try those out. And again, you access that through my website, studioalchemy.art. And now for our topic of the day, which is the alchemy of yoga. So as I spoke about on our last episode, I'm expanding our topics to talk about a wider range of things, anything that's transformational, ultimately. And yoga is something that I know a lot about. Um, I have done a yoga teacher training. I finished a yoga teacher training in 2019. And I started doing yoga back in 1997. And have done yoga on a regular basis since that time. Usually doing a weekly class. Um, With every place I've ever lived, I've found a weekly class to do. And, you know, sometimes I do way more than others. <laughs> I've, I've definitely gone, gone through many phases with yoga, and I've had so many wonderful, good teachers. Um, and I can also make a little testament about yoga and its benefits for your health. Before I started my yoga teacher training, gosh, it was, what, 2017 or so, and my knees were really starting to bother me. 
you know, I would have to prop my knees up at night when I went to sleep. Otherwise, they were just, they were getting really uncomfortable for me. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm about to turn 40. I'm going to whip myself into shape. I'm going to do the yoga teacher training. And, um, and I did it. And when I did, I went to yoga, gosh, it was about four times a week. Um, and through the, that year, I not only completely got rid of the pain problem in my knees, but my overall health and vibrancy, vitality definitely improved. And even, this is crazy, I'm not making this up, my eyesight improved. For the first time in my whole life, I went to the eye doctor after that year, and my doc eye doctor said, wow, your eyes have actually gotten better. <laughs> Which I, I just wouldn't, just wouldn't have believed if I hadn't had him say it to me in my face. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I think that yoga is really, really good for your health. It's transformative to your body because through all of the flexibility exercises, you are increasing your circulation, you are calming you know, any stress that's um, negatively affecting your body, and just getting all of those juices to flow, and, and that helps. It helps your joints, it helps your circulation, it helps your brain. Um, they've done some studies that have shown that if you do yoga and, and exercise on a regular basis, really any form of um, exercise, it is better for your brain. So I definitely make a, a testimonial that yoga is transformative and is very helpful. Um, I can also say that when I went through my big health problems, which I've talked about on this show um, in 2020 and 2021, I couldn't do a lot of the yoga poses that I was able to do before. I could barely do downward facing dog and when I did it was painful. So it was humbling to have gone from, you know, 2019 finishing a yoga teacher training, I was in top form and I could do, you know, some stretches and, and things that I hadn't even been able to do when I was 20. You know, I was, I had gotten myself to a really, really good physical place. And then that, that illness happened and it, and it made me backtrack. But I did try to do a little bit of yoga every day, even while I was ill, because what little I did did help, and um, and certainly gave me a, a calming practice that I could focus on. Um, all right, so enough about me and my yoga story. I want to talk about a few of my favorite yoga terms, a little bit, teeny smidgy bit about yoga history, and then how some of the lessons in it, like our quote from Patanjali, can be applied to any kind of creative process. All right, so yoga means in Sanskrit union. And when they say union, they're talking about a union with the body, mind, and spirit. And ultimately, the goal is that you are dissolving your ego, okay, your individual self, and you are uniting with the energy of all creation, um, otherwise known as samadhi enlightenment. That's the ultimate traditional goal of yoga. Um, I do think that yoga has transformed a lot, especially since it was introduced 
to the United States, you know, here where I live in the United States, you know, yoga was brought in um, by Yogananda, by Iyengar, and several different other major teachers in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and that laid the foundation for yoga becoming um, so prevalent in the United States today. Um, but even just 25 years ago when I started, there wasn't a yoga a yoga center at every, you know, at every block. I mean, here where I live, there's like five that are all within walking distance of here. Um, and so, they, I mean, they're, they're, they've just become very, very, very popular. Um, but the way they were, the way yoga was originally introduced into the United States, it had, um, the, the emphasis was more on spiritual development and on, getting yourself to a place of meditation than it was just on the health benefits. So um, you know, one way you could look at yoga history, and I, I got really curious about this when I did my yoga teacher training, it's like how much of what we're doing today in, in any given place that I go to, how, how much of that was done in the past in India? And uh, the fact is, is not much. Not much. Uh, originally, yoga um, the yoga stretches were used to prepare someone to get ready to meditate. So they would do, you know, a series, you know, maybe a sun salutation type, a series of stretches, and then they would sit for a long period of time in quiet meditation. And, um, and the emphasis was also more on saying mantras and, um, and certain prayers. Um, one of my favorite mantras is the word om okay and om there's a um there's one sacred symbol this in sanskrit that you oftentimes will see um and that om is the sound of creation and it's often chanted and and you know i was taught to go you, know, you really draw out the ah at the beginning and um you might repeat it 10, 15 times out loud. And it can be, you know, it's a beautiful singing chant. But that sound is said to be what's at the beginning of everything. And that's a, a very, very sacred uh, mantra to chant. Um, another favorite mantra of mine, and this comes from the Kundalini tradition, you breathe in and you think sat, and sat means truth, and you breathe out, nam, and nam means identity, so sat, nam, sat, nam, and um, I have used sat nam, the sat nam mantra, in many, many points in my life, especially when I was in, you know, perhaps a moment of severe stress. Um, I'll never forget that I, I was having my daughter and they had said I had to have a C-section. And when I went in to get the epidural, the, um, when they are putting, uh, medicine into your spinal fluid, it's, it's, it's a very dangerous procedure. If they mess it up, you could be paralyzed. So I was scared <laughs> when I was getting that shot. And so I just went straight to the sat, 
numb and I just repeated it and just focused on that. And part of the idea of that mantra is truth. The truth you're breathing in is that we're all united, that all energy is united. And my identity, Nam, the name, is going out. I'm, the, what the little me doesn't matter. The ego doesn't matter. What matters is the truth that we're all united. So Sat Nam is something that I've gone back to again and again and again whenever I've needed the comfort of that wisdom, right? Um, there's several ways in which I see yoga classes and art classes as being kind of similar in my mind. And one is that just, you know, doing artwork or doing yoga, I feel is for me, good for me. Like I feel better after I do them it, with artwork. It's because I've expressed myself um, with yoga. It's because I've, I've taken the time for my own health and I've thought about the bigger, wider philosophical picture and found some calming and nourishment from that. And there's this should. I should do it every day. I feel better when I do these things every day. Um, but in both the cases of art and with yoga, it helps me personally to take a class. <laughs> because when I do, I've committed to it. I've said, yes, I'm going to take this hour and go and do this thing. And once I'm in there with the group, I get going and I'm loving it and I'm enjoying it. And it's, it's a lot harder to just say, oh, you know, I'm done. I should go do something else. You know, if I, if I do yoga at home, I'll probably only do it for 10 minutes or so. <laughs> Even though I know if I sat here and I did it an hour, it, I would feel better, but I tend not to. And what I'll do is I'll trick myself into doing a full hour by taking the class. Because once you're in the class, it's like, well, I wouldn't want to just get up and leave because that would be rude. So committing with other people to do these things that we know we ultimately should do because we feel better after we do them, like exercise and artwork and any number of other things, it helps to have the group camaraderie. It helps to have the accountability with the group. Another trick I've found for both artwork and yoga is that if I do want to do it at home and I don't want to be going out and doing a class, it helps. One trick, it's very helpful, is to set up the space for those activities so that if at any moment I want to do yoga, I just go to that corner in my bedroom where I already have the mat lying down and I just do it. I don't have to go find the mat because the mat's way in the garage and then get it out and then unroll it. It's No, it's just always set up in that space. And with artwork, it's the same way. If I have a desk somewhere, it could be anywhere in the house, just this is where I plunk this stuff down. I can just go sit and just start that project any moment that I want. That really, really and truly helps to be able to make it a daily practice if you either don't have the time or the money to commit to a class class. Now let's go back to our quote by Patanjali that I said at the beginning. Um, so this, I got this excerpt from Patanjali's writings, which were in the Yoga Sutra, by the way, uh, 
from a book by Wayne Dyer. Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote Wisdom for the Ages. And in this book, this is one of my favorite Dr. Dyer books, um, Wisdom for the Ages, he goes through a bunch of different people who were poets and philosophers and writers, and he gives you a little excerpt from their work, and then he does an essay about them and why he felt they were important. And it's, it's just wonderful. It's so meaty and rich. There's so much wisdom in this book. It's called Wisdom for the Ages. That makes sense. Um, but so, so th this is, was the quote. And I'll just read the first part of the quote just to remind you, get a sense of what it's for about. When you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. And ultimately, that's, you know, Patanjali is talking about letting go of your, the limitations of your body, letting go of your ego, and you are just in the flow. You are going with the flow of things. Um, and Dr. Dyer says this about it, about Patanjali's quotation. He explains that when we become truly inspired by something, and that we consider extraordinary, truly extraordinary things will begin to happen for us, particularly in our thought processes. Somehow, when we become intensely involved in what we truly love to do, our thoughts begin to change and lose that quality of feeling limited in any way. From my own personal experience, and this, this is still Wayne Dyer talking here in his quotation from the book, I know that I feel most on purpose in my life when I am speaking to an audience and when I am writing. I have a deep sense of being used in some way at those moments, as if it isn't really this physical body called Wayne Dyer that is producing the talk or the book. In those moments, I notice that my mind does not contemplate the concepts of limitation. I know that I'm not alone and that divine guidance is with me and I speak or write effortlessly. It seems to me that the body and the mind are in a state of harmony during those moments. Some have called this state flow. Others call it peak experience. Patanjali describes it as your consciousness expands in every direction and you find yourself in a new great and wonderful world. Yes, and so I love that. I mean, and the question to ask yourself is in what ways can you get to that feeling of inspiration? That feel that uplifting, the uplifting feeling that liberates you. Um how can you get there? Um, and I'll, I'll just share one other wisdom thought from Patanjali. He had in his, um, his path to enlightenment something that's called the Niyamas. And there's five of them. And what the Niyamas are ultimately is ways to go about getting enlightened. Okay, The first way to get enlightened was to be um, very pure, clear of mind. The second way, Santosha, was the to be contented, to be thankful for what you have, to accept what is and not try to change things. The third way was to be very self-disciplined 
and dedicated to a practice, whatever practice that is. It could be meditation. It could be, uh, it could be artwork. It could, it could be any number of different things, but you're persistently doing that thing. Another path to enlightenment. Uh, the fourth path is to study. So to read and get an academic understanding of the way the world works. And the fifth was to contemplate um, the divine, to think about how everything is united in union with yoga, um, and th that just contemplation would bring you to enlightenment. So, so what he's saying is there's several different methods that you could get to the same place, okay? And that place is peaceful, it's contented, it is unified. And so what ways could you get to that feeling of uplift, that feeling of inspiration, of being inspired in spirit? You know, maybe for you it's cooking. You know, maybe it's artwork. Maybe it's organizing and... Um, you know, doing the work of your job. Maybe it's exercising. Um, there's so many different ways that we can get to that uplifting feeling, including, of course, meditation. But there's this sense of what Pantajali is saying, that if we can just get into that mode of doing where we're not we're not focused on the limitations of our life or we're not worried about things we're just in the flow of doing that's when we feel peace that's when we feel liberated and ultimately I want that for all of you and for myself and I think that there's many times in my life when I forget that union I just sort of get lost in my own little ego and my own little worries but if I can bring myself back to that truth, breathe in that truth that we're all unified and we're all one, and sometimes that truth comes through the process of doing the thing, the process of doing the yoga exercises, the process of doing the artwork. Again, the question to ask yourself, what brings you that feeling of union? All right, so there's my thoughts on yoga. I hope it's ins been inspiring for you. This concludes the Studio Alchemy podcast. May these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit. May you be filled with inspiration. May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you find your voice. <laughs>